From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. Let us unite together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we can come to Thee today through that name that is the name high over all. We thank Thee that we come in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is our prophet, our priest, and our King. We thank Thee that He came to be a Saviour and to save His people from their sins. We thank Thee that He has promised to remove our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west and to place them in the sea of Thy forgetfulness. We thank Thee for redemption through His blood and the promise of that inheritance incorruptible and undefiled 
that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us. We ask for thy blessing upon our time together today. We ask for help for the Reverend Omerod as he comes to bring the word that he would know liberty and the power of the Holy Spirit as he preaches the word of God. So we look to thee for thy presence and the forgiveness of all of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reading today is from James chapter 4, and we're reading from verses 13 to 17. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Amen. We look to the Lord for his blessing upon his own holy and inerrant word. We're now going to sing the hymn, O Sinner, the Saviour is Calling for Thee.
Well, it's good to be with you at the start of this new year. I do want to thank the Reverend Dennison for leading the service for us. And we just want to spend some moments together in God's Word in the book of James, and especially focusing in on the verse 14. And within that little verse, you have that wonderful question, a very important question being asked, for what is your life? You know, as we enter into this new year, I am reminded of how quickly time passes. It doesn't seem too long ago since January last year was starting, and we were looking forward to the entire year, and yet spring came into summer, and then summer very quickly moved into autumn to winter, and now we stand in the precipice of a brand new year once again. And as we come towards this epistle of James in this chapter 4, the Holy Spirit, even in this question, He asks, and it is a very important question for us to consider The Holy Spirit asks the question, what is your life? And in our moments together this evening, I want to simply look at this question under three very simple headings, because this question gives us three particular opportunities, which I want us to consider, and I want you to consider even this evening. Firstly, it does give us the opportunity to examine the spirituality of your life. The question in verse 14, it says, for what is your life? The wording of the question is very important. The question is not, what is life? Because then that would lead to a discussion of philosophy. The question is not, what is our life? For then that removes individual responsibility, but rather the question is being put to us and the Holy Spirit is shining the spotlight very particularly upon each and every individual. And you are being asked the question, what is your life? And therefore, each one of us must give an answer as to what our lives are. We must spend moments considering and examining our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. We must give time to consider what our life is mentally, physically, and of course, most importantly, spiritually. You know, men and women and young people will measure themselves and measure their successes in different ways. Some may see success in terms of their employment and in terms of promotion, maybe in terms of money received, and they'll look and they'll say, well, I am successful because I have climbed a career ladder or I have earned more and more money and I'm getting a greater paycheck and a greater bonus at the end of the year. Some people may look at success in terms of their intelligence. That they can look back in a year and they can say, well, in this previous year, I have gained more knowledge, I have gained degrees, I have gained my master's, and now I am at a higher level intellectually. But I wonder today, and I want to ask the question, where are you spiritually? As you look back over your life, and even as you consider the past year, I wonder, have you grown spiritually? If you look at your life personally and you look at it honestly before God, I wonder tonight, does you have that greater knowledge of God and of His attributes? Do you know more of His grace than what you did at the start of last year? Do you know more of His Word? Can you say that throughout the previous year that you have learned more Scripture that you understand more of God's Word, that you understand more of the verses, more of the promises, more of the commands. Do you know what it is to pray? Over the past year, has your prayer life increased? 
How can you say that over this last year I now know what it is to pray deeper? I now know what it is to pray longer. I now know what it is to hold on to the Lord in prayer. Is there that difference in your life? Peter encourages in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, he says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5 and verse 15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And so I asked the question of the child of God, can you honestly say that in this last year that you have grown spiritually? Are you closer to the Lord? Do you know more of your Savior? It gives us the opportunity to consider the spirituality of our lives, but then secondly, it also gives us the opportunity to emphasize the brevity of life. You know, to a young child, 70 years may seem like a very long time, but yet to a 70-year-old, I'm sure they would disagree. But regardless of the age perspective, a lifetime of 70, 80, or even 90 years is the briefest of moments in comparison to eternity. It's like that mist that comes out of the mouth on a cold winter's morning. And you think whenever you go outside and you're maybe going out to defrost and de-ice the car and you're breathing and you see that smoke or that steam, that mist coming out of your mouth and how quickly it's there, but then how quickly it's gone. It's like the steam that comes out of the kettle. Whenever you boil it and you're making a cup of tea and you see that steam coming out and then it just rises towards the cupboards and then it's gone, disappears. That's your life. That's the brevity of life. You know, the brevity of life is summed up so well on the headstone of a grave in the cemetery. Because you look at the headstone and they'll tell you the name of the individual that is buried. And then underneath it, it will say, born. And it will then tell you the year that they were born. And then there will be a dash. And then it will tell you the year that they died. And my friend, your life has bought that dash. There's a time of being born and there's a time to die. And what in between is your life? It's simply a dash. You know, David described life in First Chronicles 29 and verse 15. He says, our days on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. Job stated in Job 7 and verse 6, he says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Bildad responded to Job in Job 8 and verse 9 and he says, our days upon earth are a shadow. You see, the reality is youthfulness will pass and the years will disappear. And yet it's within this short lifetime, it's within this short period of time that you have upon this earth that you must consider and you must prepare to meet God. Yes, your life is swifter than the shuttle. Yes, your life is but a a shadow that appears and then it's gone forever. And yet it's within this lifetime that each one must answer that question. What will you do with Jesus who is called the Christ. You know, men and women, remember that each one of you have a soul. You have a soul. You're born with that soul. God breathed into man and he became a living soul. 
and you have a soul that can be saved. It can be saved from hell. It can be saved from a Christless and a lifeless eternity. But whilst you have a soul that can be saved, always remember you have a soul that can be lost. And the only way for your soul to be saved is to give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ himself preached in his first message that he ever preached and recorded in Scripture is repent and believe the gospel. And my friend, that is how your soul will be saved. If you turn from your sin and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe in the death of Christ upon the cross as the only atonement and the only sacrifice for your sin. You believe in his resurrection from the dead, that bodily resurrection, that physical resurrection in the third day. And you believe it with all of your heart that Christ died for your sin and he was buried and he rose from the dead and he is alive forevermore. It was Christ himself who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Life is so brief. And surely, therefore, it burdens us and implores us. Surely, therefore, it is time to seek the Lord. It is not something that you put off. It is not something that you just leave because how often life can come and life can go so quickly. You know, whenever we consider this question, what is your life? Yes, it gives us the opportunity to consider the spirituality of your life. It gives us the opportunity to emphasize the brevity of your life. But I want you to see with me thirdly and finally, it gives opportunity to expound on the frailty of life. Verse 14, it says, What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Notice the words, it's like a vapor. I mentioned it already in terms of whenever you go outside in the morning in the cold winter's morning and the breath is coming out of your mouth and you see it but for a moment and then it is gone. I wonder if you ever tried to catch it. Maybe whenever you were younger and you saw the, the breath coming out and you tried to grab it in your hand, you didn't hold it, did you? It was there for that moment and then it was gone. You see, you can't catch it, you can't keep it. You can't store it, you can't save it. It doesn't matter even if you take a box and you hold that box or even a bag over your mouth and you're trying to breathe into it and to hold it. It's appearing for that little season and then it's gone. You can't hold on to life. It doesn't matter if you're using a bag, a box, a net or even an airtight container. That breath comes and that breath goes. You know, I think of life, and it doesn't matter how much education, how many years of effort and training is put into a person. It doesn't matter if they spend 14 years in school, four years in university, or even maybe they'll do seven years in university and they'll get masters and doctorates. Their life will come and their life will go. It doesn't matter in terms of who is treating you or caring for you, whether they're the greatest doctor or surgeon, consultant in all of the land, they will not be able to hold on to your life. It doesn't matter how much training a military will put into an individual. A man or a woman may go to the army and be trained up 
and have the greatest generals and the greatest commanders. They may have the greatest technology and all of the greatest weaponry at their disposal. And yet there's not one commander, not one military man will ever be able to keep anyone alive. The strongest, the fittest in society, the frailest and the most fragile, the most intelligent can be killed in an instant. What is between you and death? It's only a breath. There for a moment and gone the very next. You know, I think of those words in Proverbs 27 and the verse 1. It says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know, I'm reminded of the parable of the rich farmer. It's recorded for us in Luke 12 and the verses 16 through to 21. And that rich farmer had a wonderful harvest time. He had a wonderful bumper crop. And he saw all of the potential. He saw all of the money. He saw all of the future. And he says to himself, what will I do? I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater. And I'll sit back and I'll take my ease and I'll enjoy all that I have. And what did the Lord say? You're a fool. Because this night, my soul will be required of thee. You see, so often it is the case we think we are invincible. We think we can go anywhere, we can do anything. We think that our lives will go on and on and on. And yet our lives are so fragile. They're here and then they're gone. There was a little lady that I used to visit. That lady had some of the quaintest, lovely little sayings. One of them was given to her by her father. And her father used to say whenever he was young and he was putting on his boots in the morning, he says, I'm putting them on this morning, but I don't know who will be taking them off tonight. How true that is. Another of her little sayings was, we have today, because tomorrow is not yet promised. You see, we can hold on to everything. We can invest everything into our lives. We can endeavor to have the most intelligence, the most learning. We can have the fittest. We can run all of the miles. We can do all of the walks, climb all of the mountains, cycle all of the roads, swim all of the pools. We can do all that we can do. And yet in a moment, God can say, time's up. Your life is there. And then your life is gone. My friend, tonight, even as we enter into this new year, and no doubt you have all of the plans and the preparations. No doubt even as we've come into this new year and you've thought about last year and you've thought about what you've accomplished and you've thought about what you missed out on, the targets that you had and you didn't reach. And you're maybe saying, right, this is the year. I will scale to that height. I will get that degree. I will get that promotion. I will earn that money. I will buy that house. I will buy that car. I will go to this place. And you've all of the plans and they're all set out because now we're coming. It's January time. We're thinking, right, the whole year's in front of me. But what if this is a year when God says it's appointed for your death? Because your life is only a vapor. It's only appearing for a little season. And then it vanisheth away. 
You can't hold on to your life. It's so fragile. It's so frail. And yet I ask the question as we close, because the Lord gives us that instruction even as you think of life. The Lord gives us the instruction to teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I wonder, have you given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? As you enter into this brand new year, are you coming into it with Christ as your Savior? Are you coming into it with that confidence, that eternal hope, that regardless what this year brings, Christ is with me? Are you coming in alone, separated from God, outside of his family? My friend, let me encourage you. Yea, let me plead with you. If you're coming into this year without Christ, even at the very start of this year, give your heart to him. Turn from your sin, repent, and believe the gospel. Let's have a word of prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we have been able to come around Thy Word this evening. We thank Thee for the instruction of Thy Word. We thank Thee, O God, even for the pointedness that the Holy Spirit has given us within this Word. It is directing the question right at us, what is our lives? And O Father, we pray that our lives will be God-glorifying and God-honoring. We pray for every child of God that they will grow in grace. And we pray for the lost, that this will be the year of their salvation. Bless thy word to every heart. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.